0: Hello, you gorgeous lot. I hope that you are doing really well. It's Elaine here. We are, what, into week 13 of lockdown, but things are easing up a little bit, so light at the end of the tunnel. Um, happy Pride! Um, today's guest is the totally wonderful Nellie Kelly, Scottish dramaturg and playwright and also drag performer. In today's episode myself and Louise and Nellie discuss various different things. We all had a little beverage and um, also I'm eating my dinner halfway through it so I'm really sorry if you hear that um, <laughs> but it is really important. episode. This is actually going to be part one of two because we chatted so much. But we just want to let you know, small trigger warning, about 55 minutes in there are words associated with um, sexual uh, a assault. So just to let you know if you want to skip those couple of minutes, it's very short, just want to let you know. Um, yeah, so I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. It's a really important one, things that are discussed and uh, talked about in it is just... Yeah, it's just very important, very apt that it's also Pride. Um, The second part of this episode will be out in a few weeks as we've got a couple of other people in the bank to come out. So that's going to be really, really good. We are still sharing all of our resources that we have found and you can find them in the description box. Also, we would like to give a shout out to uh, Eunice Olomidi who is a Scottish model who has set up two funds, both of which we have put in our description box. One is for black women in film and the second one is for black and ethnic minorities business fund if you can help out in any way financially amazing but if you could just share them that would be wonderful too Um, We also, in today's episode, in the description box, I have popped in a little list of organisations for those people uh, in our LGBTQIA community. Um, So there's some support groups in there. There are also some shops that that are small businesses that you might want to support, and that would be really, really great. I hope that you guys are all doing all right. Remember, we're always here. Reach out to us if you need anything. Uh, The email, as always, is... Persistent and nasty at gmail.com. I nearly gave you guys my email. <laughs> That's the kind of day that I'm having. Okay, there we go. I would suggest maybe getting a little gin. I mean, I don't drink gin, rum, wine, beer, some, something alcoholic. And if you're not a fan of the alcohol, then maybe just a wee, like sparkling water. But sit back and enjoy this really, really brilliant and interesting chat. What are you drinking? I am drinking a, a wee double gin and tonic. A nice, yes. a wee double gin uh, and, and a big fancy glass. I was enjoying has, the glass a lot. Is that what's the on glass? Glass. It's, the glass? I don't know, like, I think it's supposed to be cherry blossoms.
1: Cherry blossoms, I oh, thought it was flamingos thought. for a second. So did I, I, thought, I and then I was, was like,
0: it, like was no, it's a cherry wasn't blossom. Wasn't the best artist, but it <laughs> makes me feel fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> if you like it, who cares? It exactly. And what are you drinking, Elaine? I am drinking um, a rosé. So during lockdown, I signed us up to Naked Wines because there was an offer on. Sorry, I'm just only laughing.
1: Why? (laughs) I'm laughing because I did this too, but carry on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So it was six bottles of wine for um, 30 quid. 30 quid.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: And they're all from small wineries. And I was like, you know, support local businesses and small businesses and all of that. Brilliant. Um, but then I kind of didn't really realise that then you become a member and you pay like a monthly fee, but that doesn't actually come off your discount when you have to buy new wine. Yes. But anyway, I just I bought another box. So there um, we <laughs> no. I so I again, you. It's getting I would like. I would like to say I did buy another box. <laughs> Steve bought another box. I so <laughs> you know, um, and I thought because the first box that we got was all reds. We're a red household because uh, white makes me go mental um, and terrible heartburn. Uh, so, I, but I thought I'd get a rosy, and actually, my first couple of sips, I was like, oh, but no, I have changed my mind. It is going down deliciously well. <laughs> ah! So, Naked Wines, if
1: you want to sponsor us, happy days, let's do it. Yes, absolutely um i'll second that my story for naked wines is very similar to yours except for the fact that when i ordered my discounted case of wine um there was a delay because there was some problem at the warehouse and they just kept emailing me apologetically and i was just like guys it's cool like i am the most basic of white bitches ordering wine online in the middle of a pandemic i'm not going to get shirty with you about a delay um but they they were just like so panicked about it that they refunded me fifteen quid twice. Like, here's a bottle of wine on us and popped fifteen quid into my account with them. But because they did it twice, it was the cost of the case. So I was like, guys, thank you very much. You've really? <laughs> just gave you essentially just given me a case of wine for free. I happily would. My been friend Nikki did the exact we're
0: same. Together. It was right that it was kind of the start of lockdown, wasn't it? And it was like
1: clearly everybody was like, fuck. Well, do you know what? Give I need the marketing wine. manager. <laughs> no <way> <laughs> <through this. laughs> give the marketing manager at Naked Wines a raise because actually, somebody in there went, Do you know what? Let's half, give half off. Everyone's yeah. at home scrolling through Twitter, yeah. like full of fucking dread. They'll all be buying wine. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well done, marketing team at Naked well Wines. I really enjoy. were
0: coming out of it, though. You can now come out of it and do another half price deal for your mm-hmm. customers as well. I also, but I also enjoy the knowledge uh, that you get from lockdown when you walk down the aisles in the supermarket and there's that one wine that's left. you like,
1: <laughs> never that, touch that wine. That one wine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's so
0: true. Actually, I haven't even, like, really registered that. But, oh, my God, it is so true.
1: Oh, was <laughs> no, that <laughs> one wine? It's not,
0: it's not, it's not the wine. It's,
1: uh, I... Booze and lockdown seem to be going hand in hand. Um, it's yes. So what, uh, Nelly? What are your other than booze? What have been your <laughs> yeah, <laughs> double gin and lockdown. tonic? Nell, lockdown <laughs> coping mechanisms. Oh, what? Um, well, I
0: had convenient timing uh, at the start of lockdown where Molly's birthday was coming up, so I
1: ordered a pair of clown shoes. Right. Yep. Uh,
0: I thought I'd wear them on our birthday, but then when like lockdown happened, I was like you're going to, have to you need to cancel those clown shoes because everybody's going to be judging you if you get a pair of clown shoes delivered in a pandemic. Like right at the start as well, people are like, you know, everything has to be essential. But then they got delivered, but also the postage, like it was in a bag, it was in a plastic bag, like a plastic postal bag. So the guy who's was a postman who was delivering it knew that they were clown shoes. And like I could even see you when I took the wall and It was just like, here's, "Here's your parcel." Looking at me as if like, "Who are you?" Oh. Did you do that thing of I ordered this, this before the pandemic, <laughs> <laughs> trying to cancel it three times. These <laughs> have pictures before the Insta, absolutely of the clown shoes. Yeah. They're beautiful. The but also, so, not, like, I thought they'd be like shoes that, like you know, obviously they look bigger on the outside but, like, there's a smaller bit to put your foot in. Oh, yeah, but like, like, th- like, but like... No, that's just the size of the shoe. All oh, right. So, like, like, the whole inside is hollow. That's just the size of the shoe. So they're not, right. like, Dutch shoes. That's what I was trying to think of, like, those old-fashioned Dutch shoes that are, like, quite big with a point, but actually the actual foot no, part's small. So no. your feet are just flailing about in there.
1: Yep. <laughs> that doesn't sound manageable at all. It's not. But
0: then it I makes know sense... I
1: the clouds long. manage.
0: Well, like, that's what put their shoes are. I always
1: thought it was an act, but it's not. Bad. I, I I just there's something about this whole situation that's doing things to me mentally, and um, I'm, I'm I'm ordering a lot of unnecessary crap. Um, but yes. So Nelly, tell the people what you do. What do? You, uh, uh
0: write, please. Um, right, please. Please. Uh. uh, uh I do performances, usually drag performances. Um, I've done Tree's May. The uh-huh. next one is Dom, Dominic Cummings. Oh, God. Uh-huh. They all just make the acts for me. Yep. Uh, I work at NTS. Uh, and generally just faff a boot. Generally
1: <laughs> just faff a boot. And your clown shoes. And the clown shoes. <laughs> and the clown shoes. So talk, let's talk a bit about drag because uh, I love a bit of drag and uh, it's an interesting, uh, so As nodding, as, as does <laughs> <Elaine>. <laughs> but it's an interesting genre and discipline when talking about uh, gender non-conformity um, because it tends to cause a little bit of uh, friction depending on which side of the, the, the RuPaul or non-RuPaul camp that you sit on. Yeah. Um, so would you like to, could you talk us through a little bit? About how you perceive drag and and your drag,
0: yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think for me, RuPaul's bit of a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. I enjoy watching it. I don't like RuPaul's person. Um. I think. like person. Yeah, it's undeniable that RuPaul completely capitalises on drag, but also sort of repainted the history of drag. Um. To say that. Cis men can do drag, and that's it,
1: and that's it, it yeah,
0: which is absolute nonsense. And there's now kind of backtracking on that. It, yeah. Um, but even at that, it's sort of only had um, trans fem people like pre transition or transition, yeah, who have already been on the show. So there's not, although there is a little bit of, of progress, I would kind of argue it's for sure like it's not doing enough. You know there's no uh assigned female at birth people on the show whether they um identify as women or non-binary people or trans men uh trans masculine people so yeah it doesn't do enough uh mm-hmm. and i enjoy i enjoy quite a lot of the artists on it and to be honest like yeah it's a guilty pleasure i like to watch it but it makes me sad because i know that drag can be so much more and like yeah. Ultimately, what happens is these big names in drag are, like, elevated, and that's who people go and see, and they're not seeing, like, their local drag or, like, the proper kind of queer um, underground drag that happens. It's amazing. Uh, In Glasgow especially, we're so lucky. Like, there's really, really, really amazing acts out there, Uh, and people don't actually invest in supporting them the way that they should. And then spend a fortune to see these, these big drag names. And through that, the kind of gender non-conforming history of drag is just getting totally lost, essentially sad. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it feels like the, you know, I will be the first to admit that I love Drag Race. It's a big guilty pleasure for me too. I, I follow it and I do enjoy it. But it is that kind of thing of being acutely aware of of RuPaul's failings as a, what is he, he's like a 60-something man you know, when he's out is of he drag, when, I think he is. I'm sure he's like, well, maybe. Oh, god, wow. do you know if he's not and this goes out? We could get sued. That, no, no, yes. I, Like, yeah, I don't think
0: no, it definitely
1: <laughs> is. I don't think RuPaul would take any prisoners. <laughs> We're actually yeah, like, like aging him up. <laughs> no, I'm going to check right now just so that we can clarify.
0: Yeah, I think you are too. I think
1: he, I'm pretty sure because I thought like there's something about generational like he kind of has that that generation or the sort of what has become typically associated with that generation's ideas about about certain things and I
0: think the, th- the thing that I really don't forgive RuPaul for is that he came up through the New York scene like yeah. he came up through drag in like in an environment that would have had a lot of like trans women or trans feminine Particularly, black people of color who have been who've done amazing things for the community, um, who've done amazing things for drag, really pushed through lots of like uh, inventiveness and the limits of drag. So, like, he would have had first-hand experience of that growing up when he did, and like having that experience, particularly of the New York scene.
1: Yeah, that uh, just really annoys me. Like, he should know better. And do you know what the thing is? I think he does. I think he's just a rampant capitalist. Yeah. I think that's what he is because there's no arguing with the fact that the business model of RuPaul's Drag Race and the franchise and the brand that goes with it is, it's just, it's printing money. Um, and, yeah. that, and it ties in with what you're saying about, like, because there's no, there's no real, like, platforming or amplification of, like, local drag scenes. There's no... Yeah. which they could easily do through the queen some of the queens that come through the show they could easily do that but they choose not to they choose an edit that suits the narrative of the show yeah and it's all about selling tickets to either whatever tour is coming up or pushing the brand or selling RuPaul's single or album um or whatever so you know I think it's it's, it's rampant capitalism um which we see at work throughout the entire um capitalism you know it is it's across LGBT the industry yes yeah, it's, it, it's, it's but it's, across, it's through it's it's through it's cut through queer the queer community through the capital capitalization of pride and how that's marketed now and it's yeah.
0: also it, i think it's also to do a lot with um i think it's also this sort of sanitizing of queer culture mm. like and the assimilation like it's easier to assimilate this idea that drag is this art done purely by cis gay men yeah because cis gay men are much more readily accepted than a lot of people in the lgbt plus community yeah so i do think it's quite like and yet it comes down to capitalism like if you take that model of assimilation and apply it you're going to make the most money Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah it's just complete disregard for for the people who are kind of lost along the way i mean it's it's always been the struggle of like the LGBT community rights. right. And I think it's also this kind of splitting of, like, gay community versus queer community. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's huge problems in the queer community as well, but I think mm-hmm. um, that kind of separation, a lot of that is to do with a difference in ethos. Um, and I would hope at least there's... Well, I know that there's a lot of great people who identify more at, with I know that there's a lot of uh, queer identify more that... At. do some really great things to
1: try and platform the voices that that don't get heard Uh, yeah I think it's interesting the whole idea of gender within drag and then how that sort of uh, bleeds out into the queer community more broadly speaking depending on on however you're interacting with it or what, what space you might find yourself in is that I sort of have this attitude towards what drag represents as a sort of rebellious fuck you to the system which RuPaul does say occasionally on the show like that's a nice neat little sound bite for him and and, and what he's trying to do like but there is truth in that I think and um I like the notion that drag can be for anyone to a certain extent and that uh, you know the idea that I think Michelle Visage for example is, is, is a drag queen <laughs> she's a drag yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh just and and then you know any kind of send up of, of what we're supposed to conform to could technically be classed as drag I think yeah. I don't know how you feel about that oh, no, I think very academic yeah. please like, give me your thoughts <laughs> it's
0: absolutely a thing that, that should be open to everyone I think the only important thing to consider in it is where people take up space because mm-hmm. I think it is something open to everyone but I think um, that needs to have this consideration that for some people there's so many more barriers to that and actually drag has a long history of like being their safe space, being their sa- safe space to like perform and explore gender um, and I think when someone's life has that connection to it it's why there needs to be like that consideration but I don't think that, that means that everyone can't be part of drag, it's just that we need to know like what context everyone can't like we are part of that, like even as a non-binary trans person doing drag, like, I, I still think I have like a responsibility to know as much as I can and learn as much as I can about uh, drag from communities of colour mm-hmm. and, and know how best to support that as well and um, platform that and understand that history. So ju- in the same way as that, then... Like, for example, cis people doing drag have to be conscientious of, like, me as a non-binary person doing drag. Like, I still find it really difficult to go into a lot of uh, drag spaces, or I just haven't. Pretty much any time that I've performed drag, I've kind of done it that if I'm invited in, I'll go and do it. Mm. Um, But I'm not asked to go and do drag anywhere because I kind of feel that's my bar. If people are offering out, me to come into that space, I'll take that for them to to also be saying that they're going to support me in that. Whereas if if that invite isn't made, I'm just kind of like, it's it's not it's not my bread and butter. It's not it's not where I earn my money. It's what it's the art that I do out of like that pure love for it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you think? And I could be so off course and uh, like way off. But there's something for me in that whole thing of, you know, RuPaul capitalising on it. And I remember when, you know, he moved from Bravo to whatever he was on, to VH1, and I was just like, oh, here we go. The heart of the show has gone. And that... um, It's that thing, isn't it, when you are a part of a community and a community that has a history and has a huge history and not just about one aspect of it, as you say. Like, RuPaul was in New York in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Like, come on, mate. Like, you were there. Like, you saw all those... And I think, for me, I find it... um, And it's not just an attack, certainly, on RuPaul or or within that kind of um, cis drag scene it's across the board for me when it become when it comes to things for example you can look at it with feminists and how insular they can be and not accepting of other types of feminists because they've decided that that's what a feminist is and I'm like well but you're fighting against something and then you're telling somebody else that they can't be part of your fit i like it just it, it fucking blows my mind and i don't get it yeah and i think i'm, so wrong. Often, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm no, but, wrong and i'm like <laughs> no and i think so often what happens is there's this sense of punching down like it's really easy to punch down because people you're punching down to can't like don't have as much of a platform or have like there's so many more complex issues and them being able to voice uh how they feel and think and I think yeah it's it it, it totally baffles me like I think what's happened just now and what's kind of happened in the past few weeks in terms of feminism I mean I would I would just say hands down that people who aren't trans inclusive aren't feminists I don't know if that's agreed (laughs) Uh, I know there's plenty of people who disagree but they can get to luck they're not feminists then, and they're yeah. wrong. And if <laughs> and if you yeah. are one of those people and you're listening to this
1: podcast, bye, bye, bye. Feel free to email bye. in though, because I've got a template. Yeah. I've got, a, I've got a, no, I'll, I'll handle it. I'll yeah. handle it. <laughs> but it's it's one of those
0: things I think as well. Like it, just intersectionality in general. Like I feel like how like can you truly be a feminist if like you are not kind of challenging your views on race at the moment or trans issues or um ableism or like or class issues yeah Uh Yeah. that is a huge fucking thing in the feminist sphere that kind of gets ignored like so much Uh and you add all of those things together so you're trans you're black Mm -hmm. and you're poor yeah yeah
1: Yeah. yeah and I think uh Speaking of somebody else's marketing team who need a or don't shouldn't get a fucking raise, but it was a genius idea. The patriarchy's marketing team, whoever came up with the the idea that we should all be fighting each other instead of focusing on the issue at hand, that cunt. Sorry, can, Elaine. Remind me, can I say cunt on the podcast? It's been a while since I've been on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Morning, Beatty dropped a C bomb within about five
1: minutes. That's true. That's a good point. That person, whoever. I should also just say to whoever is listening,
0: I keep muting myself because I'm eating my dinner. Hi there, professional. I don't know.
1: I feel like whoever's in charge of the patriarchy's marketing and spun that so that we all start f- fucking focusing on each other and, and branching off and having different That's exactly
0: types what they do because actually, actually. If we all take a step back and we all realise the commonality that we share against the patriarchy, they'd be fucking running for the hills and they can't possibly have that. So they do it in such ways that lots of women don't even notice that it's happening to them.
1: And they totally believe that they're feminist and they aren't, this, that. And, and I'm like... I had similar arguments with my sis gay male friends and also experienced a weird thing when i was in a gay bar in new york where it was like their their whole vibe was like no no whooping and hollering or bad behavior from um straight cis females in our club in our space and i got and then there was another argument that i had that i feel like sometimes misogyny can and patriarchy can permeate that world and, Nelly, you touched on something when we started talking about how this the gay community and the queer community can sometimes be disparate.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also, because I think um, in, in terms of uh, gay men and spaces, there's a huge issue with gay men seeing queer spaces as theirs or seeing LGBT plus venues as theirs. Um, I mean even the way that they're kind of titled as gay bars and things like the most the most transphobia by far I've ever had is in a bathroom it was in the bathroom of gay headquarters in Edinburgh nightclub and it was horrific and it was really like scarily violent to the point that someone had to like step in the middle um, like really awful but it's this kind of ingrained misogyny of like, this space is for cis men, and if you're not a cis man, get out, because this is our space, Um, and quite often, like, I think, yeah, I, like, I think there are issues in terms of um, people who aren't part of the LGBT plus community not kind of knowing how to operate in a space sometimes, like, that, that is a definite, definite issue, Um, but, I think the problem is when we start to take these attitudes without breaking them down is mm-hmm. the, the most important thing is people get raced. Like, how do you know from looking at someone that they aren't, like, part of our community? And who are you to decide that? Yeah. Like, if someone's coming in and shouting, like, I'm straight, <laughs> and, um, like, I'm as entitled to your space as you are, um, or if laterally you find out someone is straight and maybe taking up a bit too much space like that's not okay for them and they need to check themselves but like you can, you don't get to have that say
1: yeah unless it's jk Rowling rocking up and like giving out copies of her book and just like having a word with people like
0: yeah that, like it, it, it's the issue i think the thing is as well like let's all celebrate together and be together and be supportive of one another like it, but yeah if you're coming into a queer space and you're seeing inappropriate things like you need to get out and you need yeah. to like educate yourself before you can be part of that space yes um but i i mean i'm i'm kind of happy hippie at heart i'm like let's all i'll
1: be together <laughs> <Me too. Yeah. laughs> it's just a nice big nice big cuddle let's get a commune together
0: everybody just be really happy yeah. it's all okay but as well with with the like mentioning jay for island as well on so many levels what she said Onto, I mean, on top of obviously being horrifically transphobic, she actually said things as a as a feminist if compared to commas, that are hugely misogynistic. Like, uh-huh. as a person who is a non-binary, I'd say more trans mass than anything else. Person also with autism. Reading that, I was like so mad because there's one point where she's like, um, "Oh, you know, the, these poor women." like these poor poor women with autism who think that they're men that like it's so sad for them and i'm like that like how can you not understand like the misogyny and that and ableism of like poor girl poor disabled girl can't make up her mind like she's being influenced and manipulated not just that like people can know their own mind um just yeah, that's the that's long CRC We'd be yeah. talking for it three
1: hours if I was to pick. Yeah, oh, I know. And we one don't one want one to give hurt. her too much air time.
0: Yeah. Um, also, in the height
1: of Black Lives Matter. I know. Like, it was an extraordinary moment of punching down. I uh, know. It was, yeah, it was just... I find it so... Deeply un- revealing and deeply, like... Uh-huh. Deeply WTF. Like, it
0: well, it yeah. yeah. You know, somebody whose whole career is based on the story of somebody who doesn't fit in. Yeah, quote unquote, yeah. and you have so many fans from so many different backgrounds, and you basically just chat on a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. and people I've, I've seen people call her Voldemort, but I feel like she's more like that, like Valoris Umbridge. <gasps> That's exactly who I thought
1: when all that was going on. That.
0: Yeah, because I'm a huge fan of the books, huge fan. Like yeah. oh me too. Me, like, me yeah, and my yeah. sister like be, like really big fans of the books. And when she was doing all that, and then just like some of her comments back. Hope my bark didn't come through there. Um, <laughs> um, some of her comments back, and I just kept thinking I was like, I'm waiting on you, almost telling us to write out. I should not lie, I, I will not lie. I'm like, mm, babes, maybe you should lick yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And all, but it's also just a general, I think, for so many reasons, it's so important for, like, feminists who are actually feminists to really get on board. Like, I was also so enraged, not just for trans people, but for women and for people of colour, uh, when the Equalities Minister, like a month after lockdown it's like what I'm focusing on is making sure trans people like find it more difficult to obtain gender recognition certificates and can't infiltrate women's spaces and I'm like you're a month into lockdown you're the equalities minister this is like people who are like at the hands of domestic abusers can't like are struggling to escape right now like, people of colour are hugely disproportionately affected, like, people who, yeah, like, people who are in, um, who are financially insecure, food insecure, like, every, like, are really struggling, and this, this is actually how you're openly saying you're investing your time right now, And this, like, how yeah. can we not all be so offended by that?
1: Oh, you know well, I'm gonna need another gin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that tonight There may be quite a few drinks I'm just yeah. gonna I'm gonna go get one But I'll be right back Because I have thoughts But carry on <laughs> Talk about i mute <laughs> <laughs> <get off>. so, <laughs> I find
0: it um, I find all of that really I'm sure you and I have spoke about this Because it always yeah. feels like It comes down to I'm sure you and I, have spoke I don't really get the idea About the space thing yeah. Like about taking away from somebody's space. And I think, yeah. like, you and I just saying, you know, big hippies and all of that, because I'm a yeah. bit like, we're all on one planet. Yeah. We're all trying to get along here. We're all trying to survive. We're all trying to love who we want to love, make our family and our friends happy, make ourselves happy. Yeah. Why are we worried about somebody coming into our space? I just, I don't get it. I think the thing is, like, Because for me it's not about people necessarily coming into my space, it's quite often, I think particularly for trans people, people coming into your space who don't, just don't understand enough. I think it's why trans spaces right now are really, really important because without Without I should them. sorry. I should clarify. Like I am talking about cis asshole people. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but like I do think it's important. Like it's an interesting discussion all round. because um, I think ideally interesting... we would all be part of this space. Because uh, trans people have a greater, like, are at much greater risk of feeling really isolated, having mental health issues because of isolation. Like, of feeling... absolutely. Like we should all um enjoy being together as much as possible. Yeah. I think and surely if it, anything of lockdown has taught us anything it's the yeah. importance of human connection and the importance of human contact and just that physical presence of being in another uh, being in a room with someone yeah. someone guys yeah. someone <laughs> no I'm just going to I need to, tra- I need to I'm trying to retrain my brain to stop saying guys I mean I'm trying to- I know that some people get annoyed by guys I, I personally I don't so, do you know what it is for me? So, I started using it years ago when I started teaching. And I hate boys and girls. Yeah. I hate going boys and girls because also, it's always the boys first, which fucking pisses me off. So, I would do something where, like, I was like, oh, that's inclusive, guys. And then if I go, y'all, I'm not American, so I'm not going to yeah. do that. Because that would sound like a wanker. Um so I do I've been trying to do everybody everybody uh, I go if I'm talking to trans people I'll generally say folks folks is a um, good one yeah but even with it like guys for me feels like a gender neutral term I know some people like it just isn't gender neutral term. isn't something they like so I tend well I tend to go for it I'll use guys for people I know if mm. I know they aren't going to be annoyed by it but I don't know. It's kind of one of those things. Like I don't
1: necessarily understand it, but if I know it upset someone, why would I use it? Um, I don't exactly. Just back with my gin, but I think I've picked up what we're, talk- what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, guy. I also think guys might be a, a uniquely Scottish thing in terms of its feeling. Like I feel it's quite gender gender neutral as well. But again, like you say Nelly, if somebody said I don't really like it, then obviously you're like if you're not. A shit's head, you're gonna go, cool, that's fine, I'll I'll try my best to deprogram my
0: brain. In terms of with uh, trans people, like if I'm talking within a group of trans people, I know that some people maybe it it might feel a bit triggering for in a way that if you say guys to to a room, uh, other people wouldn't pick up on. But yeah, like I do know that that there are people that it's just not, not comfortable for, which is why. When it like I, I say guys without meaning it, but when I'm addressing a group of it, people, like I, I say, I don't know whether they'd feel comfortable. I try not. To.
1: What about higher pals? Yeah, I, I think pantal Everybody It
0: works. Do work, right? It does
1: work. Yeah. Yeah. It does work.
0: Higher it was pals. just because basically I was saying like, this whole discussion about space and stuff, and my point was mainly coming from that kind of cis viewpoint of point people coming way. into Cist. our space, and I put quotation marks, and I was basically just like, it, "I didn't." I said, "I can't even remember what I said now." But there is, I'm a I glass mean, and a half wind down. What, what is going on, guys? In so many ways. so many ways, like the um, like gay male spaces. Are, are just, they're so rife with misogyny, like they are, and a lot of the time it's because there ha- there's been this barrier, like straight white men are misogynistic, we have been oppressed, so therefore we can't be misogynistic. Yeah. Um, I think it's like, it, like, the conversations I've heard, um, friends have some really interesting conversations that, I, like, I had never thought of, and I think um, some friends of some people of colour have been saying some really interesting things about like their own racism in regards to black people and not realizing that and learning more about that and being better allies um yeah because because i, cause I kind of think like all the more reason for us to be working even harder yeah but yeah it's it, <laughs> They're so different. I think it's it's why I kind of think about intersectionality a lot in terms of like it's not even just uh, cis gay spaces. These spaces tend to be cis gay, white, um, attractive spaces. Like you have that whole thing on grinder, and it's like no fats, no femmes, no Asians. Like, yeah. it's it's a space of like masculinity. Mm -hmm. It's like a white attractive space. Um and yeah, I'll come back I'll back to this intersectionality again, like Mm -hmm. and why it's so important. You can't just go, well, I'm pro-gay rights as a gay man, therefore I'm fine. Like (laughs) that is not like it's not even not good enough. It's so toxic and it needs to be challenged and like Mm -hmm. and broken down. And I think for so long that there has been that safety barrier, of, like, I'm an oppressed person, so I don't yeah. have to understand my own racism, my own transphobia, my own sexism. Like.
1: And I think it, you know, It's I find this fascinating because I think there's something about passing that comes back into this, like the idea yeah. of, like, if you are athletic, good-looking, masculine, cis, white male, but you happen to like dick, you're gay. <laughs> But in every other respect, you could probably you you're like what you're just like the next tier down from what the standard white supremacist male patriarchy accepts. So if you get them on board with the idea that you're gay, you can move through the world with a fair amount of privilege, and then it's just from there down, it just becomes about how far away you are from being accepted.
0: Hmm. Even if you look at the gay community, like how feminine gay men are treated. Comparatively
1: to masculine, yeah, yeah, women yeah, yeah, yeah. is is really telling. Like, mm. Stay with me, <laughs> stay with me, pals. <laughs> well, I'm about to reference the the, uh, the the witch hunts in Salem. Stay yeah. with me, yeah. but I'm, I'm with I've you. Been doing a, bit a lot. Left field there. <laughs> yeah, that left will. field, but stay with me. I've been doing a lot of reading <laughs> around that for a a play that I'm writing, yeah, field, and. Uh, I something that comes up time and time again is women selling out other women during that period and it, what it comes down to is basically this idea of who's got the power who's in charge i need to be if i have a little bit more privilege or a little bit more uh whatever it is that i need to pass i will sell out the person below me or punch down the person below me so that i can survive and that just twigged as something that that is really inherent in intersectionality and working towards that and working towards being an ally is understanding and not excusing i should say not Mm -hmm. excusing in any way but there is something about that that applies to every form of oppressed or marginalized voice like like what you were just saying nelly about you know um black people and people of color and, and discussions you've had analyzing where there might be some form of racism in their discourse because of whatever they've had to do to move through the world and if there's somebody a little bit more like a little bit less appealing than them for whatever reason there's a, a subconscious shoving under the bus almost in order f- to survive i don't know what that may be i might be getting really like complex but, no, but it's something i have giving a lot of thought to and
0: in, in a lot of ways it's true and then i think on top of that like because I mean, I, I personally, I don't think I do enough, like, I don't think I do enough to challenge my own racism, um, but I fall in the category of being trans, being from a working class background, being autistic, like, so they like, in a lot of ways, things, like, there's a lot more barriers for me than there are for a lot of other people, but, like... I, even in that I feel like I think I get annoyed because I'm like if I have all of that and I'm still like I still can sit and go actually I'm part of a really really toxic system and I need to understand like all of the intersectionalities involved in that caused by white supremacy by patriarchy by like just all of these structures in place like I just get, I just don't have time for like, structures in place. like cis white gay or straight men or women who, who, are, who don't make time for that I'm, so like, don't have, yeah. I'm having to do like triple the work yeah <laughs> to get to get even close to where you are so on top of that I keep like I could be doing that and I'm like I'm not doing enough there are people who are doing much more than me but I'm just like let's all do like, like we need to try and if you don't try but that's know, the important thing though isn't it like you know you're saying oh, I don't do enough and I, and I think probably lots of us feel like that and we probably feel that guilt but you're trying and you are doing you're not just sitting back and going oh yeah maybe I should nah can't be fucked yeah.
1: or and
0: the- actually I don't really want to know all that shit and start unpacking all of that from your childhood or whatever it wherever it stems from and it's all in there uh, because that's actually going to be hard
1: so yeah. like the fact that it come, or it challenges your kind yes. of safe and comfortable space in the grand That's yeah. things. Yeah, and, and, it, that,
0: and that's it's the thing though, isn't it? Like, yes. I think particularly a problem in the and lesbian spaces. I mean, lesbian there's a lot of lesbian feminists, feminists and in inverted commas who are the ones kind of putting a lot of hate towards trans people. Um, but I think there is a sense of like you've sort of got quite close um, to there is a sense of this of this attainable goal up here, mm-hmm. um, and it's too many people thinking the wrong way. The like, way. why do we want to? Why do we want to like all fit into this mold like, of like why do we patriarchal white supremacy? White supremacy? <laughs> like, would, like why? Why would you do that? So I think yeah, uh, but a lot of it's ignorance. It's people not not actually taking the time to learn about this and to speak to people mm-hmm. who aren't the same as them and to live in this like insular little bubble but at the end of the day do we not all just want to get out of that horrible
1: system that's the thing like that's why so much of it i feel like so much of it particularly the vitriolic hateful awful discourse online particularly on twitter i'm just like guys 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 folks 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 pals 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 i'm just like Could we focus on the real problem here? Because they're all, the the white patriarchy is above us laughing at us right now. And I just feel so frustrated that I feel like the white patriarchy is going, look over there, and we're doing that. We're all looking over there while they're laughing all the way to the bank. Um, And maybe I'm being reductive in in that weird analogy, but it's, yeah, it just feels, it feels very frustrating. And I think it's ignorant Nelly, but I also think there's maybe just like this ingrained fear of some form of like, like I'm not, I'm not in the safe space if I don't adhere to what they've told me, I need to, like that, that bubble or that mould, I, I don't know, it's just... But it's, it's giving up your
0: privilege, like, mm. yeah, there's no way you can dismantle transphobia, queerphobia, racism ableism without being prepared to give up that privilege and on top of that like being prepared to like be uncomfortable and really embarrassed and like because the more you learn the more you look back and you go oh god that like i did that thing or like you need to own that so people aren't prepared to do that privilege things a really interesting thing in the coffee morning last week um shikara who is one of the girls that comes along um and uh shikara is mixed background and um, somebody had said something about oh I'm totally aware of my privilege and Shaq had said but you're not though, you think you are but there's actually so much that you don't even notice Um, and actually I was speaking to her last night and she just gave this, I mean you guys might already know it people Uh, uh, you folks, pals uh, might already know it Um this idea about the backpack and it's all your little invisible bits of privilege that are in your backpack and it's super light and you're just walking down the road and you're completely unaware of all these tiny little things. And when Shaq said that to me last night, I was like fuck yeah. And I I am also I well actually no, I don't think because when that conversation was happening last night, I was like I don't think I am completely aware of my privilege because I think that would be really naive of me to say that. I
1: don't
0: think I am completely aware of my privilege. Mm-hmm. I, think well, I, I, I know that I'm definitely not, definitely not. But I also think I get a little bit, not, I think I'm moving away from it, but I think a bit. up until maybe the past year, I'd get super defensive because I'd be like, up until maybe could, I, I, like, I felt like that was a kind of necessary defence mechanism, like, I, as a trans autistic person from a working class background, like, would, would get defensive about the fact that actually things in life are really difficult for me. Um, And it, it's also a totally racist perspective, because, yeah, those things are really difficult, but race is a separate issue, like, because if on top of that I was a black person, like, and I just cannot relate to that at all. So, yeah. I, we all have that, and we all we all not yes. not been great about it at all. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely <laughs> yes. definitely mm. haven't been. I, de- I know myself that so, like this time last year, I, I would have really really yet. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't have voiced it because I would have known that it was wrong, but I would I would have felt it. I would absolutely have, have, have felt that, and then known it was wrong so not put it out there. But that's not enough. Like you've got to actually and then find a way to go through these uncomfortable things, and like. Mm-hmm. And, and support people it's uh, uh, at our work like there's so Anna and Bidula I think who great of like uh, started like an anti-racism group which is amazing um and we had to like we watched this resource before it and it was so helpful and like it's kind of talking about structural racism particularly within organizations and there were some like they were talking about like racism as like, in the soil, that like you can't avoid it, like, or as pollution, like, there's no way you can be in this environment without taking it in, or as pollution, like it's just, like, it yeah. totally got me, and there was this, like, in terms of privilege, there was, it kind of said the thing that we need to realise is that privilege is the ability to walk away, so we can have these discussions, but then, they, like, the minute that they finish, we can just walk away from them, and I think I'm really thinking about that a lot and um, thinking about race as a separate issue because I know what it's like to not be able to walk away from trans issues like Mm -hmm. there's been so many people well-intentioned people who I'm friends with just not having the realization that what they're talking about is like my fundamental human rights to like live and exist in safety so like we'll have a conversation where they won't realize that actually that's really traumatizing and they'll think it's just like this hearty information session and they'll go away feeling like really good about themselves but actually i'm just feeling exhausted so like yeah the penny just really drops with me and stuff like that because i'm like i just cannot imagine having to do that on that front and also do that with race Mm. is yeah and also because trans black women have like the the lowest life expectancy like, but uh, what was that? What's that been in the last two weeks? Three trans black women have been murdered in America. Yeah. But the life expectancy of a. And black nobody, trans nobody. Woman, it's it certainly feels like it. Where is the fucking justice for them? Yeah. Like, well, let's talk about a fucking hashtag society. Like, justice for if you are not remotely involved or have anybody that you know, if you're not or people have come out in the LGBTQ. Ie yeah. community, you're not going to know that because it's not on any fucking mainstream media, and it's barely on. Yeah, social media. The life expectancy of a black woman in America is like
1: thirty-seven. That's, thirty-seven. That's staggering. And it should. Well, I mean, like that's the thing. Like that's a sort of privileged perspective as well to like act like I'm shocked. That's a sort of privileged, mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: That's it amazing. is, but but like we should be shocked and fucking angry, and then we need to we need to yeah. then motivate and mobilise to correct that for our yeah. sisters, brothers. But it's it's why I get family. so annoyed in like the white, gay, lesbian, and queer community, like when we're just not doing enough. Because um, I'm like, like you will never understand what it is like to be a person of colour, but you understand what it is to, like, have people not understand where you're coming from and, like, be able to be in your shoes. So, like, although it's completely different, like, I can never, ever know what that is like, but I can know that if, if, like, an issue that should be giving me empathy on that has happened time and time again and, like... And that's also as a person with autism, so I feel like we have just got put up with the uncomfortableness of working through that.
1: And and it's not that big, like pushing through that sorry, discomfort. It's not sorry, doll. Sorry. No, it's good. No, just I was just like thinking about this idea of like constantly using. We're constantly using the word of using the words comfort and, and uncomfortable. It's like, like that's not pain. It's discomfort. Push through. Push through. Yes. And, and you'll find that you'll thing. be at the other end going, Oh, that wasn't so bad now, was it? Like, it's, it's also positives. Like, I think, yeah, yeah.
0: We, we kind of talk about the uncomfortable conversations, but the result of the uncomfortable conversations is to like try and support people in having their humanity validated and like being respected and treated in this egalitarian way. Like, kind of, how yeah. is it that? it to me is like so worth the work to just be able to yeah. to be part of a system that is is like without doubt treating people as if they're somehow less than human
1: mm. I don't and I also don't see how that doesn't benefit everyone in the long run mm.
0: mm-hmm. and but, uh, but this is the thing because it doesn't like there there are so many people out there who are like like it doesn't affect me and I don't care
1: yeah like yeah how do you even begin to fight that though like how do you dismantle that that's the that's the question i because that is
0: that is thousands of years in the fucking making like we are
1: like you know we can't we can't just
0: kind of go because actually you have to look historically at societies and societies across the world there has always been some form of hierarchy that I can I can't think of anywhere that there, there hasn't been. If somebody wants to let me know, bam! But I honestly can't. But I, I think it's that kind of thing, like in the fight against particularly white patriarchy. Like, fucking white like, patriarchy. I know, exactly. But also in that fight, like I think it's why intersectionality is so important. Because like, if we begin to know more and we're educated and we stop ignorantly punching down, we ridiculously outnumber the like oppressive people in power yes, yeah. yeah. like like I was if you want st- to overthrow that by yourself like yeah. and it's and it's not the job of the people who are having the hardest time like it's the job of those of us that like have who, who have benefited from that like because as much as we're not white powerful men like we've still benefited
1: it's the you know elaine and i experienced it a lot in rooms that we go into with Persistent and Nasty, where we encounter older white cis feminists who are, have really kind of warped ideas about the trans debate, and I use the word debate with inverted commas, because it shouldn't be a debate, It you know, we're just talking about this, we're just talking about humanity here, and and the, the argument often used falls into categories of safety and abuse, or using Using what has happened to them sorry Lou, but I wish that I wish our listeners could see my face as you said that about like and I'm not dismissing anybody's
0: abuse, but the argument I was like, if we are going down fucking toilet route again, my eyes are in the back of my head. (laughs) I can't
1: I can't have that conversation again. No, I know you can't. I'm just like I'm just sorry. It just like Yeah. (laughs) To the point where it's actually got to a thing where we when we back in like before the apocalypse when we could be in rooms together and could gather together when Persistent and nasty were having events we where we you know there was a the were trans or gender nonconformity was on the agenda for it would be like we're not having the toilet discussion if somebody does it we're moving the fuck on because it's
0: do not remember the fins. oh yes <laughs> like but also, I think that's that's a prime example of like why it's really important to but also I think that's to know your stuff with this for the benefit of other people. Because the relief that came over me because there was a director in the room, Sarah Matheson, who like I have deep love for, and I hadn't seen her for years. We co-directed a show, when we were in uni together, and she and she was the one that was like, actually, I have a gender neutral bathroom in my flat. and I've never had any issue. And actually, like <laughs> the over you when you're like. thank god i don't need to take this one like there's someone in the room who's not going to like be a really difficult conversation for who can just shut that down um but yeah it's it's understanding that you can always be that for someone else as well i still get the rage about that and the whole time all i can remember is going i need like kind of been like we need to end this yeah. But also that thing in my head of going, we've been really clear all the time that we want people to feel free to say things. Yeah,
1: but not those kind of things, babes. So fucking. <laughs> we're not... But it's but yeah, it's, it's not it's not about shutting people down. It's about taking a position. Not... But it's, it's, yes. And and our position is quite clear Louise, on that. Louise yep. speaks better than me because well, I'm just like get the fuck out of the room. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things,
0: isn't it? Like people do that. Like it just. It's just this constant idea that's painted of, like, you're trying to, like, squash my free speech. It's like, no, we're not. We're literally just making sure you're not, like, stamping on someone's basic human rights. Like, <laughs> yes. And it's also, the whole time, like, that woman, because she just spoke for so long before she got to the point, And we all knew. So fucking point. long. And she just kept going and going. But, like, the whole time, just, like, bubbling up in me is, like, you're saying this with like no hint of irony to a trans person, to a non-binary person where wherever I go like there's maybe about a 10% chance there's going to be a bathroom that I don't feel deeply uncomfortable in because even if I'm using a disabled bathroom it's the only gender neutral bathroom there's still like that mad fear of like someone is going to be like how dare you use that bathroom like so many issues with it but or you way, go for a pee and you're like oh my god what if somebody who's disabled needs this toilet yeah, but i really yes, like i can't yes. uh-huh. but with like no there was just no irony in what she was saying while she directly addressed this to me and i'm like do you honestly think that i don't understand what it's like to feel unsafe in a bathroom because like you can't begin uh-huh. to understand what it's like to every single time you use a bathroom you can't begin uh-huh. have that dilemma and like Try and get home. Like, try not to drink while you're out. Like, Molly is always on my back. Like, do you drink more water? Are you and like, I've literally treat myself not to drink water. Like, all of these things that, like, are just. It's like it's so people see them from this privileged position without mm-hmm. any idea that yeah. that is your entire life. Like, this one concern of this might happen in the future, which actually isn't a fear of trans people. It's a fear of men. And the reality of the situation is that men don't do it anyway. Yeah, men don't need to disguise themselves <laughs> to do that because they can just do it Like that's I, what I think in. I said that that day didn't I? I was like mm-hmm. if somebody's going some to the point where... gonna rape you they're going to rape you like they've already made that decision and they will find you whether
1: it's in the fucking toilet or it's out the back yeah. of the building so and like also like yeah. sorry like we're getting into some like, kind of, sort of sensitive territory here but like yeah a trigger warning on on yeah we know from experience as well in our industry that they they won't even need fucking an excuse they'll do it with impunity in front of people if they feel they've got even a little bit of power Mm -hmm. and there's no repercussion or recrimination because of whatever power they hold yeah they'll do it in front of people so that is the level we're talking about here and that Example that we've just given of that instance in the fringes, like it's the cognitive cognitive dissonance of going, I'm separating out your humanity in my brain because I want to talk about mine, and it's like, do you not understand how it's the same argument? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, do you not understand? You can't. Yeah.
0: Oh, how can you not? Know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's the root of
1: so many problems. Like going back to the whole
0: intersectional thing as well. Like I've seen this amazing video um of a person talking about um, like looting in America and the problem with people like saying like that's terrible those people are looting without thinking like why not like what they're doing or like like they're focused on what they're doing but actually you've got to think why like if someone feels their only opportunity to get that stuff is like to go through a broken window in the middle of a really dangerous riot with really dangerous police out there like and in the middle of a global pandemic Yeah, why are we not questioning why they're doing it? Like, we're so focused on what it is they're doing. It's like, it, with the whole, like, dilemma with the bathrooms and just all that really in chat, it's, the problem is that then, like, it's all deliberate. What they want, they want this angry response. They want to be like, I'm not actually stepping on your human rights, but I know that I'm absolutely doing this, and I'm trying to trigger you because, like, the response that they want is for us to be angry yeah and then the thing is like so they can say that you're aggressive and that blah 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 blah, blah blah. for for trans feminine people it's exactly that it, but it's so that they can completely devalue that person dehumanize that person because the minute they're angry they're an angry man and they get to use that rhetoric because they have angered a woman about about her own rights and about how persecuted she is like of course that's triggering and of course like if it doesn't make someone angry then like they do they haven't learned enough and they need to go away and learn more. But, like it's it's just the whole thing is the minute they get angry then then they can completely devalue their gender and like dehumanize that person and it's so like but it's really clever and it's it's from it's also that clever. thing of Again, as the female, the guy like, who's in the marketing department. <laughs> <laughs> like as a female, how do they not see it? because and i suppose lots of them don't christ like you know we could talk about oh jesus like all the women that vote for trump like they are they are blinded by this patriarchy and misogyny and the a lot of it for me is like i'm like you're choosing to ignore this Mm -hmm. because i can as a female believe for a second that you have never in your life had a moment of being made to feel uncomfortable being bullied, being questioned on your um, aggressive behavior, you're too emotional, you are bossy, you are moody, you are naggy, give me a break, women know your place. So how, how they can match them together blows my tiny little fucking Scottish brain. I would argue it all comes back to that whole idea of assimilation, like what we talked about with like the gay versus the queer community. Like it's this whole thing of like if like I I can conform into that, and the people who who don't make me look bad, so it's like like yeah. I can benefit from the structure if I conform, and then I'm also just going to completely punch down at people who don't conform but are are connected to me because be, be might
1: hurt my position in the structure so this conversation has been amazing but I'm conscious we're coming up on an hour and a half we can make it we can, and make it I don't, but I, don't really exhausting. Exhausting. I don't want it to be exhausting I don't want it to be exhausting so I was maybe going to ask Nelly something so I, was I was like this, like, this is such chat about.
0: like what? Oh, it's good chat. no it's good it's good chat <laughs> You know are what? You we can keep going. To, it's fine.
1: You try no, to control yeah. my podcast. Try to silence and control you both.
0: <laughs> I'm going to get another drink, though. So am I, like, though. Going. There, and there we go. So going going to try, but, I'm in a jumper. And I'm like sweating buckets here. Also, I just want to say, I think we should just, like, and I'm happy if you guys are happy, we can just keep talking because we can make it a two parter. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to
1: go at some point and have my point. dinner. And, well, just bring your dinner in, like I did. I might, but I don't want to. Why I love you, Nelly, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. She wants to see her. I understand. I uh, understand. Nelly, but no, nah, I just I'm like I'm exhausted. Talking to, just, I'm exhausted. <laughs> talking to you to has been exhausted.
0: Talking to you to has been I get that a lot. I get that a lot. <laughs> but I love that Lou's like at uh, I'm exhausted. I'm like, oh, oh, it's just, fucking great. Um, let's break
1: some shit, list. I'm a white, privileged, basic bitch. <laughs> Last score. I'm tired. I'm I am out. now
0: apparently not tired and ready for a fucking riot. That's so what Rosie does.
1: <laughs> That's the Rosie. It's the fucking Thank God it was
0: not white, white.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay, right. Okay, okay, okay. House. Everybody needs to get a pee break, a, a refresh their drink break, a change their jumper break. We'll okay. do that. We'll come back. Okay. And this you. would be a great moment if we had a sponsor. Their ad could go in right no, here. No.
0: Listen. i right I'll I'll put I a mean, wee advert because my I'm I'm writing the scenes for survival. <gasps> oh I yeah. To see see these these thoughts in creative form. Oh yeah. yeah. yes. This is an exclusive. I've not even. I, well, NTS have got it on their website, but I've I never made a Facebook post about it.
1: So well, then, consider this a moment. This is a break.
0: <laughs> please, everybody, watch Scenes for Survival on NTS Online with Nellie Kelly's writing. Yeah. I don't know what the scene's about, but it'll be great. <laughs>
1: it'll be great. Right, well, so, then... Well that's great. That's it. great. You when we come back, you're going to tell us about that. Right. Well, then, well, that Perfect. Be, I was going so to ask about writing, but seamless. I can, like, you know, seamless. <laughs> seamless. <laughs>
0: We are so proud that we still have amazing sponsors, one of whom is um, Edition, who are definitely the future of casting. Edition are offering our listeners 25% off their monthly subscription. Just go to checkout and type in NASTY, all capital letters, 25, to receive your 25 discount on your monthly subscription. Our other offers are still with the wonderful Backstage. Backstage are offering our actor listeners 12 months free, of the subscription, so that means that you get all the castings in, you get all the workshops that they run when you are um, a member, and um, all you have to do with that one is copy the link in our description box, and that will take it, you to it. For those of you who are in casting, you can get free castings on backstage just by typing in persistent and nasty into checkout. It's all lowercase.